Welcome, everybody. Welcome back to Ross and Parenting. I am Lynn Nguyen, and I'm here with my lovely co-host, Kathy Ho, of that Kathy Ho's talk show. Hello, How's everybody. How's it going? It's going. Yeah, good. I love it because it's, uh, I don't know, it's a great day today. Just things have been rolling. Yeah, you've got a lot going on. So to hear that means that you're figuring things out. Figuring things out, making I like connections, it. you know? Yeah, yeah. I love it a lot. Talking about making connections, we're joined by a very special guest today. His name is Jeff Pereira with Higher Unlearning. Uh, welcome, Jeff. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. We're so we're lucky excited. to have another yeah. male on the show. So brave of you to come on to this <laughs> platform and speak to two dragon women. <laughs> Uh, uh, we have a very juicy letter, um, and I, I, you know, I'm excited to have a male perspective around it because it is from a male writer. Um, but also, I just want to give our listeners a little bit of um, background on you. I'll introduce you, and then you can tell our listeners a little bit more about exactly what you do. But as far as I understand it, Jeff, you talk to men and young men about helpful and harmful ideas of manhood in everyday life. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I'm, I'm very thankful since 2008 to have been doing this work, uh, talking to men and young men and boys uh, in person across North America and virtually through technology and articles and videos. I've given a couple of TEDx talks around these issues of you know, what it means to be a man and our our ideas of that and how we kind of reinforce either helpful or harmful ideas of what manhood looks like in all different aspects of our lives, including, you know, as parents, as caregivers. And uh, yeah, just very thankful to uh, continue to support good conversations and hard conversations around heavy stuff. Like, for example, the, you know, uh, some of the conversations around parenting for men, you know, the men who are you know, who are physically present, but maybe not emotionally present, you know, as parents. And there's obviously a lot of good fathers out there trying hard. Uh, and it's about learning how to get it right and, you know, trying to do the best you can and working uh, with the other parent or other people who are part of that child's life and, you know, trying to be, as I describe it, be the lesson in action. That sounds amazing. I think knowledge is power, right? Absolutely. And we... We are raised the way we're raised, and then it's up to us to be aware enough to break certain cycles. So, And even just hearing when you say the, the rights and wrongs of manhood, it's such a toxic way to look at raising men and boys to say that there's like right and wrong, you know, because then they're just like, what does that even mean? And who do they look to for that kind of modeling and that kind of guidance. So it's so important to have these discussions. And I'm so glad that there's people like you out there who are, you know, um, spearheading these types of conversations and, and these movements. I think it's very important. So I thank you for that. Thank you. I mean, like, like you said, I, I think to understand, like for men, the way we condition ourselves as men is that, you know, I think for everyone, we have feelings that we're not enough, that we're not adequate enough, right? Especially the daunting feeling like the most serious decision you can make in your life is to be a parent or the most serious responsibility, right? Like that's, there's nothing quite like that, but, uh, you know, the, the feelings of, am I enough? Am I capable of doing this? And for men, you know, our whole measure as men, uh, can be, you know, am I enough? Am I, do I have, a, you know, my self value, my entire worth is in my ability to do things. That's the way we perceive life as men. So it's all performance. It's all about, 
you know, demonstrating that we can do it. So when we fall short, it can be, you know, quite, quite devastating for a lot of guys, you know, like we take rejection as like a complete rejection of us as a human being and any kind of failure feels like the end of the world for a lot of guys. So I mean, we're going to talk about this, obviously, like that emotional literacy and developing, you know, healthy relationships with uh, all these aspects of, you know, being a person, being a parent. The internal dialogue. <laughs> yeah. Is what I hear too, right? Absolutely. Wow. I totally just had an epiphany as you're saying that because these were some of the strong emotions that came up for me when I um, was going through my postpartum journey and hearing it from a guy, I'm like, oh my gosh, my husband could have been doing going, going through the same thing. Because at that time, we're also, we're having a hard time communicating and getting on the same page because, you know, emotions are high for me because not only is it... Um, the hormonal stuff, but just like the things that had come up for me, I was like, wow, okay, that gave me a different perspective. So I just had a, an epiphany within our, within our episode recording. That's amazing. Thanks for that perspective. Well, really quick, you know how like, like our internal voice, sometimes like that kind of like critical, you know, oh, you, you really messed up. You're really, you're, you're really fucking this up. That's, it sounds like a father voice in our head. So for men, obviously for anybody, but for men, the relationship with the father and being the father, it's such a, it's so messed up and tangled up, right? Like it ties into a lot of your own stuff that you've got to untangle. And that's one of the things I want to talk with you both about is, you know, being a parent, all your stuff surfaces to the, to the top, all your shit, all your insecurities. And for men who have never dealt with their stuff, ooh. It's a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot. And it, that's a really good segue into our letter right now because the writer actually shares a lot about what's coming up for him, the emotional uh, dysregulation and all of these things that he, he's really struggling with. And, and so let, let's share it with our, our listeners and then we'll go through it together. Uh, so the letter states, have I traumatized my newborn? I'm struggling so hard with a recent event I had while taking care of my newborn. We were out, just the two of us, for an afternoon and things were okay. When it was time to drive home, she would not stop crying. I tried everything to make her stop, but nothing was working. I even called out to my deceased mother to help me. It didn't help. I only felt more hopeless. I got to the point where I couldn't take the crying anymore. I picked her up and screamed at the top of my lungs in her face, just stop crying. This only made her cry until she, she was purple in the face. This is the only time that her crying has triggered me to blow up. This was the worst episode ever. What the fuck is wrong with me that I would talk to my precious princess like that? Why can't I just be more patient and loving with her like my wife is? It's killing me to think that I have traumatized my newborn. She deserves so much better than that. Yeah, I want to go back and say that there was one line where you said this is the only time. It said this isn't the only time. So her crying triggers this writer quite a lot. Oh, okay, this isn't, sorry. Yeah, I mean... I don't know about you both, but that that surfaces so much for me. Like I, that activates so many different thoughts and feelings. You know, like on one hand, it's kind of again like, oh, I'm not an, I'm not good at this. I'm not enough. I can't do this. That self defeating kind of perspective. But then it's also, you know, that's not true. However, there's also some stuff you do need to work on, right? Like, and it's not a judgment it's not me judging anybody you know like i've 
I, and I said to you both, you know, I was in a previous relationship. I, I'm not a father. I've, I'm an uncle to two baby nephews. And, uh, I was in a previous seven year relationship with a woman who had two little girls. So I, I can relate to on a personal level. And then also the professionally of the conversations I've had with countless fathers and parents, like the, the, the feeling of control, losing control, like losing your shit. And it can happen just like that. Right. But for men, like our perception is that we, we need to always be in control and demonstrate control. So we're always trying to pursue control. And when we lose control or something is out of our control, it becomes a big issue. Right. Just like think of like right now in the pandemic, like for a lot of everyone, there's only so much in this situation that you can control. So much of this is out of our control, but a lot of men are struggling because this feels so overwhelming. And my role as a man is to be like, I need to fix this. I need to solve this. I need to handle it. I need to handle my shit. And you know, the, the, the pressure is double fold when we aren't getting it right. When we're, we're messing up, we're screwing up. And I think as parents, like I said earlier, like for fathers, like it just, everything comes to the surface, you know, everything comes to the, to the surface when it comes to all the stuff in our lives, like the wounds that create more wounds, all the trauma we've been through, all the different experiences. Um, if you haven't dealt with it, if you haven't worked on it, you know, you enter a relationship, it'll come to the surface, but if you enter a relationship as a father or a father figure or a caregiver, it comes right to the top. It's like in the mirror. It's just right there in the mirror and it's staring right back at you. So, And even as you're saying that, I'm just like, okay, so I've been digging because I recognize that when I got hit in the face or punched in the face or, you know, woken up that I needed to work on these things, how can we offer a perspective for men to maybe look there? Because I feel, and you could correct me if I'm wrong because I'm not a man, um, do you think it's an ego thing for men to not go there I mean, and dig? I, I think that's part of it, but like, uh, we'll back up a bit and I'll kind of, well, let's look at kind of like, for me, let's start with, start with the guy, start with like me as a man or as men, right? Like, you know, when we're born and it's true, I think of most cultures, most genders, there's there's a kind of ritual as to how we raise kids, right? And so at the early age, it's a lot of like, I love you and your stuffed animals and big smiles and big hugs, but you hit a certain age and then we go in different directions based on if you're raising someone, again, very binary, very limited, but raising someone to be a boy, raising someone to be a girl. So the way we raise girls is like, we give them baby dolls, we give them cook sets, we give them little gardening sets. So they learn how to nurture and take care so they're learning to take care of others before they can even take care of themselves. So what you're doing is they're beginning this journey of how to take care of, take care of myself, take care of the family, take care of, that's my role. So think of it like, like, like an emotional muscle, right? Like you're, for young girls, they're working this muscle and they continue to work it. But for young boys, you hit a certain age and okay, it's time to be a man. And that muscle gets cut or it's like you start to atrophy that muscle. So it's like emotionally we're like out of shape. So now here are kids going into, girls are going into their preteens, their teens, adulthood. Emotionally, they've been working out. Emotionally, they're jacked. 
So now you hit your 20s, you enter a relationship or your 30s, and if it's a hetero relationship, a man and a woman, the woman is emotionally jacked, ready to handle stuff on a higher level, and the man is like emotionally out of shape. So when an issue comes up, right, it's like you go to the gym together, right? So a relationship is like going to the gym. You go to the gym, the woman will go right to the the, the old school equipment, the dank stank part of the gym where the, the the weights are clanging and banging right and she's ah she's going at it right and she's like come on let's go and the guy's just kind of like looking at the equipment because emotionally he's not worked these muscles since he was a kid so he's like uh okay uh do i sit on this uh thing what do i you know am i running on and so you Such have a to great analogy so now you have to kind of get them up to speed. Like, it's on you to kind of like, if you're the woman in the relationship, either you have to, uh, I got to train you and build you up to speed. Or <laughs> ideally, the guy gets a trainer. So physically, you get a personal trainer. Emotionally, you get a therapist or a counselor. And then the thing, the, thing, the key thing for me is like, women go to the gym with their friends emotionally. They call up their friends. Look, look this is what happened to me at work. They're having a fight. Let's talk it through, right? I know women, you know, like people have grudges and they stop talking, but women will work through things. They'll argue and get through it. But for men, we don't have that emotional muscle. So we either fight, flight, or freeze. We disappear. We shut down. We, we, we end the relationship. We leave the gym. I can't do this. Like she's, it's blaming it on her, whatever. So it's really ego a lot of the time, I think, is like it's that, it's the defensiveness because we're afraid, we're insecure, we don't know how to even express, like we don't have the emotional muscles, so I can't even express myself. I can't say, I'm really afraid right now. This is bringing up all my stuff from when I was a kid. I don't know how to handle this. I don't know how to talk to you about it because I don't know how to work that equipment, right? It's like you're there doing the, the elliptical, whatever, you're going at it, and he's like, I don't know how to use that. So emotionally, I don't know how to communicate with you, right? And it's not letting guys off the hook, it's saying that's where it's at, right? So now that's just with a, with a, an adult. Imagine now entering a relationship with a child, right? So it's like all that stuff comes to the surface. I don't have the, the equipment, the tools. I don't know how to communicate with this kid. I don't know how to talk about, like deal with what I'm feeling with. So in this situation, like this letter, I think the man in the letter, you know, I think all of us lose it. When we hear, like, you know, to a degree, right? Like, you might not lose it outly, outwardly. Like, you're not going to, like, you know. But, you know, it's like that thing of hearing a kid on the plane crying. You might roll your eyes. But a lot of us can also kind of go, oh, I know what that's like. I can relate. It's all good, you know. But I think for men, the problem is that we can't, we can't even name what we're feeling. So I think it starts with, like, name, like, what's coming up for you right now? What am I feeling? Then dealing with it. So it's developing the literacy or the language, first off, to name what's going on before I can deal with it. So what's happening for me when that the kid is crying? Well, duh, I'm just like losing it because the kid's crying. I, I get that. But what's really going on? Because like, like he says, my wife or my the mother of my kid, she handles it differently. Yeah, patient and loving. And that's and that's not there for him, right? And as you're speaking and as you're sharing, what I what comes to mind for me is that when we talk about men and boys, I think that in general what happens is that they're identified with the masculine energy. It's in the doing, it's in the action oriented, it's in the ego, it's in the the you know, the the drive to to perform. 
whereas females are identified as feminine energy. Now, the thing is that each of us has both energies, right? We are all compiled of both masculine and feminine, but men have just not been able to learn how to access the feminine energy. And that is based on the, you know, the the conditioning at an early age, the way that society has sort of paired up um, how the toys are made uh, and who they're made for and how they play and the words that we use to describe men and boys versus girls and women. And, uh, and so that's what comes to mind for me here. And thinking about this writer, what jumps in, what jumps out is the word traumatized, right? When he says, I'm afraid I might've traumatized my daughter. I'm curious to know what traumas of his own he's carrying. Like you said, he hasn't been able to name it possibly right? And all of the things that are wounded, all his wounds, and all his unmet needs are probably coming to the surface. And that's why it's so difficult for him to hold his baby without losing his shit on her. For sure. But how do we even get the guy to recognize that he needs to just take a step back in that moment when he's feeling triggered to then react and say, okay, what's going on for me? Because I think that is the piece that's missing for a lot of guys that I speak to anyways, that are parents, that it's like, they just react right away. They, there's no um, pause when they're triggered. They just immediately react. So how do we get guys to just recognize that they need to pause in that moment to then feel what they're feeling first before they react? So big. And again, like, how many times does this work fall on the woman in his life to kind of like help him navigate that? So it's so important for us as men, like I was saying, like, so in the gym, men emotionally, like as, as friends, we can spot each other in that emotional muscle building, right? It's like you're spotting, I got you, let's work on this together. And part of it's like, you can't, like, you need to see examples of it. That's the challenge is like, if a man sees an example of another man, we kind of get into like, oh, defensiveness. Like, it's all of a sudden like, oh, he's better than me. I'm not as good as him versus saying, I want to learn how to do it like that in my own way. You know, because it's, again, for manhood, it's so much of it is about, it's a performance. It's demonstrating that I got this. I got this. And it's like, you know, Lynn, what you're saying earlier, it's like, you know, as men, we're conditioned that our sole value isn't being the solution, not the problem. I need to fix this. I need to solve everything. And sometimes it's the value I bring to the table is I can be a helper. I can help. I can listen. Right. So because um, the thing is, like, you know, it's like if you come into it thinking like, oh, I'll just fix this. You might make it worse because if you if you only know what you know. So if you don't have that emotional kind of, again, language, literacy, you're just going to fuck it up. Because you're just going to go in and just, oh, I'll just make it, I'll just double down on trying to make this work, right? And and it's the fear of kind of acknowledging, I don't got this, you know? Like, so it's, 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 it's a bunch of things. I think it's, you know, naming your feelings, recognizing what you're feeling, and then taking a step back and exhaling, pausing. So an example of this is, it was almost a year ago, and I use this example quite a bit, um... There was there was a moment where during the pandemic, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau started doing press conferences, and the weather was cold, so he would do them outside of his uh, residence, right? And uh, the press would gather in this little tent outside. So it's outside and it's cold. There's a tent. It has to be outside because of the pandemic, and people still have no idea what's going on. 
And so he, he, one day I was watching a press conference he was doing and he came outside and he had a, he had a jacket, like a suit and tie on, but he didn't have a jacket on. So he's doing his, his thing, he's doing his update. And of course it's like, it's not just the people gathered in this tent in front of him, the press, it's the entire country is on the edge of their seat, watching the, these press conferences being like, what is going on? What's happening? Looking to the leader, give us, so you can imagine the weight of that, the pressure of that. He's lived in Canada his whole life. He knows it's cold in March. He sees everyone shivering. So he knows it's cold. But he's out there without a jacket. So he's doing the press conference. And of course, he's talking for quite a while. And now he's to do the questions. And there's a lot of questions, right? So he takes this moment and he goes, you know what? I need to model uh, healthy behavior. So if you give me a second, I'm just going to run inside and grab a coat and I'll be right back. So he runs inside and the, the, the news anchor is like, oh, I, I, I guess he's, he's gone in to get a jacket. Oh, there he is. He's coming back right now. It's like literally like go up the steps behind the door. Like all of us, there's a, there's a coat rack, right? So it takes him a few seconds. He comes back out, puts his coat on. He's like, okay, now let's have your questions. And so. Whether you love or hate Trudeau, like, I don't have to hold the conversation, but, like, that's a great example of in that moment, most people would be like, okay, I just got to get through this. Like, I, I, I have the weight of the world going on here. Everyone's waiting for me. Let me just, he paused and goes, what's going on for me right now? Like, duh, it's winter. It's cold. Everyone's out here. It's cold. But I'm cold. If I want to do my job effectively on a personal level, also, my wife recently was positive. I need to stay healthy. I need to model healthy behavior, especially as like the prime minister, never mind just as a father or whatever. So he named what he's feeling, recognized it. Because it's, it's like everyone knows it's winter, it's cold, but he, the difference is he took it to the deeper level and he goes, So what does that mean? I mean, it sounds so basic, but it's like, like, no, it's, not, it's brilliant. Yeah, it's, it's brilliant. I need to do something. I, I think it's cool how you picked up on that though. Well, I mean, this is kind of what I do, right? It's like, it's, it's, it's looking at our behavior as men. And again, it's that emotional literacy. He's at the point where he's able to name what's going on. My friend Jane Clapp does a lot of work around uh, somatic exercises. And uh, she says that when men listen to their bodies, it helps them to learn to hear what they're feeling. Right? Because you can feel something, but if you're not really listening. So Trudeau in that moment listened to his body. My body's saying it's cold. So most men will, a number of men will be like, ah, oh, whatever, I got to man up, I got to shake it off, I'll get through this. Not realizing that it's making me shittier at my job. I'm cold. I'm not focused on the questions. I'm being a poor role model example right now, because right now everyone needs to stay healthy more than anything. Right? Early stages of the pandemic. So rather than trying to man up, I got this, I'll fix this, and making it worse... Some people kind of go, oh, might have said, oh, what a wimp because getting his jacket. But who cares? It doesn't matter. Like, don't listen to those people. Listen to like, this is clearly the the right thing to do. Yeah, and what I'm hearing is that this is all about reprogramming what we consider to be normal conversation and dialogue for men. You know, and I, I like that a lot. I think that there's so many ways that we can look at this for this particular father or this writer. I, I do want to say that, you know, he stated that his 
daughter deserves so much better, but he's already doing it, right? The fact that he's able to understand, recognize, be aware of how he's showing up and wanting wanting to, you know, not do it anymore. That's like the first step to it. And what you say about the way that Trudeau has sort of modeled this in such a, you know, it's such a subtle thing, but then when you're paying attention, it's a huge thing. And what I think that society needs to do more of is pay attention. We need to really... Um, zoom in on these moments and really and really make them as big as they should be. I think one of the biggest roadblocks for us as men is shame. It's the biggest for all of us, but for men I think it's double fold because we don't have the tools to deal with shame. So it's it's okay like with this with the father in this letter, it's okay what you're feeling is okay, but it's what you do about it. So it's how you show up is what that is what matters. How you show up is what will define you. Define you as a parent, define you as a father, a husband, a friend, etc. You know, and it's like, get past feeling that you're not enough. It's like, well, what can I do to get better? And it's not about being better than everyone else. It's not a competitive better. Better means better than my yesterdays. Like, just how can I do better than I did yesterday? You know, I think that's, that's the biggest, that's, for me, it's the biggest thing in this. That's amazing. Oh, Thank that. you so Thank much, Thank you Jeff. so much for your time. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for time, your insight. I love the way you speak. It's like silky, it's smooth. <laughs> I love it. Um, and thank you all of our listeners for tuning in today. Please stay tuned for future episodes. I'm sure that, and, and if you're not already following Jeff on Instagram, please do. He has his own page and we'll include it in our caption um, with this episode. But uh, what is your handle, Jeff? Uh, on all platforms, it's either Jeff Pereira or you can go higher on learning higher unlearning and you'll find me beautiful yeah thank you so much and until next time everybody remember that parenting is raw it's awesome it's awesome take care mm-hmm.